Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tuned in to the Roto Experts. Good Friday, everybody. It's the Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle, Chris Feeney. As we continue to get you ready for the fantasy baseball season, this is just around the corner, less than a week away. It starts next Thursday, a full day of baseball happening on Thursday. You know what, guys? We haven't even talked about that yet. What, Scott, what's your feelings on baseball moving from the Sunday night kickoff and, or I guess, bat off or whatever you should call it, and then the full day of First Monday pitch. baseball? Yeah. First pitch. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, to jump First into this off. full day of Thursday. What, what's your feelings on that? Uh, my feelings on that is... I really don't have any feelings on it. It's, I'm used to day baseball during the first two weeks of the season, so it doesn't matter to me when it starts. And it's nice to have a Sunday night game, you know, where it's broadcast alone and everything. But uh, to me, I don't have any strong feelings about it either way, to be honest with you. Yeah, my feelings aren't as not that strong either. But I, I'm with Scott. I kind of like the Sunday night, you know, the first pitch, get you started, and then boom, Monday is, you know, afternoon baseball and you get into it. But... It's it's all the same, as you said, Scott. Really? A few games in the afternoon in the first few weeks. I don't like it because I don't like it because the thing was before is Monday, as you said, it's nice to start with day baseball. We get baseball all day long. It's the you know start. It's the first pitch of the season. It's the opening day of baseball season. It's an event that type of thing. But you can at least make it like a three day weekend. Like if you want to take off Monday or check out of work early or whatever, Thursday just doesn't work you can't take a three-day weekend with thursday because then you either go back to work on friday or have to take a four-day weekend like if you're in one of these cities and trying to go to one of the games it's just i think the third like if they would have done on friday okay that's friday would have made sense yeah Yeah, i just i don't get the thursday scott yeah i don't i like i said i don't have a strong feeling about i'm used to opening day when i was growing up being on a weekday it didn't matter what day of the week uh so especially for home opener so i I respect where you're coming from, but I just don't feel strongly about it. I, I kind of like that it's beginning before the beginning of April, though, and it's kind of starting earlier. You, you bring up good points, Jake. Is there even Sunday Night Baseball this year? There is. Because they yeah. took a, it's no, that's right. They, they still got the, they, they got the they got most of the crew back, too, besides Boone. But, yeah, because yeah. last year they, they got they got away from it, right? They were stopped, they stopped doing Sunday Night Baseball. It was a Saturday night event, and they, they got away from it, which was disappointing because I love that. I love the Sunday Night Baseball. It's great. Well, the other thing I'm looking at, and Greg brought this up yesterday, is really why is the opening the first game the Cubs and Marlins? You couldn't have done better than that. Like, that's what you said. <laughs> what like, a Cubs win to begin the season. You could have done that against a couple. That doesn't have to be the first game to start the year. I mean, I'm looking at a couple of these day games. It's the undercard. It's the undercard to get set up for the rest of the day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good call. Kind of like a boxing match, you know? 
Yeah, that one yeah. I don't get. It's like it's like, I, I, it's like wrestling, like you, you know, when when you have like at the beginning of the broadcast, the old broadcast, like when they have a nobody, like you know, fighting somebody, you know. No, see that that that's fine, but I don't think that's what they were going for. All kidding aside, like I said, why don't they do like football? Why why isn't it the champion versus a playoff team or two playoff teams? Like it's not like, like they that. had to. Yeah, it's not like they had to plan this last July. And even if they planned it last July, they knew the Marlins were going to suck. Yes, yeah. I mean I agree. Should be you know Astros and Dodgers again, but you know with the interleague or even Astros typically Indians. play each other. There, that would be a good one. Yeah. Sign me up I mean, like that. that would be a good one. Yeah, football does it. I don't see why they don't do it. But and, and here's the one other one. And this is, I think, Corey, just, you know, Scott, you like to say people on this network like to say things a lot of times just to say things. I think Corey was saying this just to say things. He was saying right. that he doesn't like the fact that the Yankees are in Canada. It's not American to start baseball in Canada. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's. I, it doesn't matter. Who, it's not, who cares? The, the Blue Jays are already part of history. It's. That's you know, how many world championships have they won? I think, I think that that's kind of silly to be actually. But you know, it's like I guess a Met fan, you would you you could have said, well, to keep the Yankees out of the country to begin the season might be a good thing, right? I don't, I don't yeah. like send them up north, Chris. This is yeah. what I said. I said like it's, it's freezing up here. Send them up north. <laughs> Toronto's not allowed to have an opening day home game, and then there's the other part, Chris. I also said that's probably the most racist thing Corey's ever said. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that that we can't have Canadian baseball to open the season. Canadians, it's, can, yeah, Canadians it's, is it's, a race. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a country. It's, yeah, it's not I mean, a race, it's not. Though. Yeah, it it's is. not like no, it's the, not. you know the Blue Jays don't yeah. have a, a good resume here. So you just don't see it as such. It all is. All the countries are races. I Come guess on, so. Yeah. I, 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 don't even, I, I don't even like the Blue Jays, but they, they could have a home opener. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Although, and I'm looking at this. To start off. Well, race is people having shared physical or social qualities. It's like I can see the social qualities, but. No, it's a country. It's their no, own country. A race is not a country, though. It's the Canadians, just like they're no. the, you know, like the people, the Egyptians. It's only half the de- de- definition of a race, though. It's like they share physical qualities, like all the people from. Or, I, Scott, we're really going to get all into this? Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I don't care. You can argue about <laughs> it with don't somebody say else it. another time. It was a joke made at Corey. I'll make jokes at Corey all I want. Uh, so, I, look, I endorse that fully, you know, <laughs> making we jokes at Corey. But, you know, if you say it's a race, it's incorrect. No, I said it was a racist joke, and I stand it's, by it. No, it's not. So, okay, you can be wrong. We can go ahead. Yeah, you think that all the time anyway. So No, I don't always think you Okay, so you're always right. You never think about whatever. Do what you want. We're going to continue. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't always. I'm continuing. Right. I'm moving on. Baseball. Jeff Samarja. Strain pectoral muscle. Likely starting the season on the DL. What does that do for your draft value with Jeff Samarja, Chris? Well, I noticed, did a couple drafts yesterday, and he fell you know, down the boards you know, significantly. Nobody really wanted to touch him because of this. And we talked about it yesterday. You know, when you when a pitcher to me, you know, an injury happens before the season starts, it's usually a red flag for me. Samarja is not a guy that, you know, I was targeting into my drafts. But I think, you know, depending on your format, he's always been decent for innings, quality starts. It's a good pitcher's ballpark. I, like, I don't hate the idea of drafting him. But for me, this is this is a little bit of a red flag again. I, I don't I don't want to be taking pitchers that may not start the season for a few weeks. And there's a possibility with him. 
Yeah, I think with Samarji, it's one of those cases where you like him as your fifth fantasy starter, but people don't want to draft uh, guys who are basically injured right now this weekend. So I think it gives you some of a value. You can get him as your sixth fantasy starter. I'll take it, you know, especially in that ballpark. You know, the one thing, too, Jake, is I don't think he's ever been on the DL. I, I think for the most part, this has been a, a healthy pitcher for his the, over the course of his career. So that, I mean, first that's time. one positive takeaway. Yeah, first time. So he's always been a 200-inning guy. I mean, it's it's six straight seasons with 200-plus with innings from him. I mean, the, the walks have always been fine. The, the Ks, you know, have been all, a little bit all over the place. But he, he's not an awful pitcher to target. But this is a little bit of a red flag. No, so to your point, uh, last year of the people who pitched 200 innings and 200 strikeouts, he was one of, I'm double-checking the number, the, is one of 10 pitchers to do so last year. That's, I mean, this is just rare. people. Yeah. Exactly, and that's the thing is, you know, I think that he gets overlooked in general before this injury, and I actually like them as a value. It's like I was taking him happily as my third, sometimes fourth pitcher because it's just, people just don't want Jeff Samarja. It's just this mystique around him that he's not any good, but he is, and he's definitely not an ace, but people are just this mystique that like, oh, he's not somebody that's going to bring any value to my team. He's going to pitch to a four plus ERA, but if you look at it, he kind of bounces back and forth with like two, nine, seven, three, eight, four, three, two, nine, four, nine, three, eight, four, four. So he bounces back and forth, but like you said, the innings and the strikeouts, 200, 200, 200 every single year for the most part. He had that one dip down to 163, but if you're going to get 200 and 200, but now what do you expect? You say 160 and 160 with a missed possible month? Probably. You know, I think you just have to prorate the numbers. Is yeah, it that I think simple that's a Chris? I think that's a fair projection, Jake. One, 160 to 170. See, you know, he misses the first three weeks of the season. Just guessing here. You know, maybe it's a little bit longer, but I, I think that's fair. And again, this guy has been—he's been a steady workhorse, man. It's like thirty-plus starts every year. You just rattled off his ERA numbers. His, his xFIP has been sub four, four, five of the last six. So, I think now for people that like to get discounts, and I think we're all the same. You know, come draft day, and guys are jumping down a little bit. I think there's a little bit of value there. You can just plug them on the DL and move along. I mean, I've done that with Irvin Santana. People are afraid of Irvin Santana. I've seen, you know, 150 pitchers go off the board before Santana. It's like this guy has got a finger issue, and he's going to be back mid-April. Yeah. He may regress yeah. a little another, bit, but he's another fine. case of you could draft a really good team if you just, like, go into a draft, like do a mock and – you know, uh, do a mock of guys that are going to come back in mid-April, and you'll end up with a pretty good damn value team. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like yeah. you said, Scott, a lot of people don't want to start the year off with that. Uh, he, so Justin Margin went for $12 in the Tot Wars mixed. As of today, Scott, where, where would you cap off at? If I said 8, would you go 9? Yeah. I think I'd top out at 10. 10? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, same? I same? I think the same. Yeah, 10. For All right, let's do a quick comparison for comparison purposes because he went for the same price in the draft. Shohei Otani or Jeff Samarja? I'm not screwing with, with Otani at all, you know, especially for what you got to pay for him. And either you just never know fully with the adjustment, not only culturally, mentally, physically. There's just too many unknown factors. At least I know what I get for Samarja. I'm going to pay, you know, maybe double for Otani. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. I'm feeling like Otani could disappoint a, a lot of people. Certainly his bat is is nowhere up to par of standard for an average bat in, in the bigs. But 
yeah, I just take the cheaper guy. I just take the cheaper guy and 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 in snake drafts, just take the guy who's going to fall down a little bit later because you don't know with Otani, like you said, Scott. Plus, he's got the the arm issue that you know surface report surface of that. Angels want to go to a six man rotation to you know have it a little bit relaxed. I don't know. I'm not in. A, I'm feeling Otani could be pretty disappointing. There's too much hype on this guy. Yeah. A quick uh, note here for you guys of interest before we move to the next player. How about the lineup for the Yankees today? You ready to hear what they're trotting out? You ready for this? Are they playing in anybody? America? I mean, it's just like this. Yeah, they're playing in America. <laughs> playing in Canada doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count uh, in the standings. Judge is leading off. It's Judge, Stanton, Bird, Sanchez, Hicks, and then Gregorius, Drury, Walker, Gardner. They're leading off with Judge Stanton and Bird as the top three. Three, three, judge, three, three single homers to, to start off the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't forget about Sanchez batting fourth. It could be four. It could be four. Yeah, it could be four I, nothing. I mean, Who's pitching against them? I don't know. That part I don't know. Disgusting. That's disgusting. But Judge is not a leadoff guy. He's not going to work in that. It's it's a good experience. I don't he, so. you know, he walks, do, do th- but he's, he just he's, he is patient, but he still strikes out such a like. I know. Well, so that goes back to the other thing is you saw we've already seen the Cespedes bat in second because you want to get that, you know, your best batter up further in the lineup and all that. Stuff. So there was the Joey Gallo, Gallo one. Joey Gallo supposedly bat in second. That makes no sense to me, Chris, because he's it, well, this is what I said. He's a binary outcome. You're getting a strikeout or a hit. Like or probably a home run if he does hit Probab- the ball. Like, like, and then if he does walk, that's fine because he's got he's got a decent on base percentage for the walks. But the point is, is if you're batting second, you don't really want somebody walking. You want somebody yeah. trying to get that person a third. You want somebody making contact. The counter argument that came back at me, Chris, was well because he walks and he is so patient, the Shields can get more stolen base opportunities. I I'd rather see Gal for the though. I don't I don't like that. Yeah, and I agree. If Gallo's, uh, you know, he, he's not slapping too many singles. <laughs> Gallo's hitting a home run or he's striking out or, or, you know, like you said, maybe a walk here or two. I think that, you know, ideally they would like to have Rugnet Odor in that two spot, but th- he really just had, you know, over the past couple seasons, another guy who's has struck out a ton. He can't find a way to get on base, not walking. Yeah, at least Gallo so, gets on base. At least Gallo gets on base, so I understand it. But, I mean, I could see Anders going up to that two spot, maybe Gallo in the three, keep Beltre in the four and move on that way. Maybe Shinshu Chu moves up. Gallo, to me, is not a guy I think that we'll see stick in that two spot for long. Does that affect his value for you at all, in your opinion, Scott? Uh, I think it's kind of like they're talking about Cespedes number two. You know, you, you, that means he'll get more at bats, I think. So, and it makes I, I, I have Gallo where I have him. No, it's it's really not going to affect what I what I think he's going to do overall. Uh, I like him better in an OBP league, obviously. You know, pits two thirty, thirty eight homers, something like that. He is what he is, no matter where he hits. I think. All right. And let's get to another injury situation. This one has potential ripple effect here. So Steven Souza, he's also starting the year on the DL. Uh, situation here now is could we get a cleared up picture? 
But the problem is, is the cleared picture is still not that clear because is it Dyson or is it Tomas, Scott? And the thing is, Yasmani Tomas was – the rumors two, three weeks ago where this team could just release him despite the fact he's owed tens of right. millions of dollars because they're just frustrated. But I don't know if Tomas was like, oh, my God, I might be released because he started hitting a heck of a lot in spring training. But they also brought in Jared Dyson, who is a nice top of the leadoff hitter, very good speed. Do you think it just ends up a platoon between them, or do you think one of them could potentially win out while Souza's out? And now, are you even drafting Souza? I think I'm still drafting Souza. Maybe he misses two weeks here, still mid-April return. You know, they acquired him because, you know, this is a guy that is a good clubhouse presence. Uh, a lot of people in Tampa Bay were upset that they got rid of him for that reason. They felt he was a team leader. I think his spot is safe when he comes back, and it's Dyson until he c- comes back. That's what they acquired Dyson because they're worried about Pollock getting hurt or any other injury strike. And it's Dyson. Yamani Tomas going to still continue to be a very expensive bench player. Yeah, um, nothing really new here with Souza, unfortunately for him. You know, a career-high 148 games last year, but always seems to be dinged up with something. But I like Souza from a fantasy standpoint. Again, another guy who's just going to fall down the boards. He can contribute across the board, including walks on base percentage leagues, give you a few steals. Uh, it's still a decent lineup there. Tomas is interesting because, you know, his first two seasons, especially the second one, it was a solid campaign for him, 30-plus home runs. I mean, this guy can hit, but I, I do agree that it's going to be Dyson. I mean, this just opens up a door for Tomas because, you know, last week, two weeks ago, didn't think that we'd see this guy again. No, he was going to be long and forgotten, possibly on another team. But we're going to come back. Actually, have some football news to get to you real quick and then back into baseball, a lot more baseball for you guys to get ready for your drafts, especially this weekend. It's Jake. It's Scott. It's Chris. It's the Roto Experts on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What if I were to tell you that there was a professional football league where you, the fan, got to draft the team and call the plays? Is that something you might be interested in? The Fan Control Football League is bringing managerial control to the fans. Visit fcfl.io to learn more. Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman say hey. The RotoExperts.com exclusive edge fantasy baseball package for 2018 is here and better than ever. Packed with a deluxe suite of articles from our award-winning analysts, this year's edition also features a brand new Slack channel, an improved cheat sheet generator, and our most accurate projections ever. We take you from draft day to championship week. Enter promo code FNTSY at checkout for a discount on your RotoExperts.com exclusive edge fantasy baseball package. Hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Pizzapia. Baseball is back, and that means the Fantasy Baseball Black Book is back as well. It's me. It's Paul Spore writing starting pitching profiles. It's Jake Seeley. It's Sammy Reed writing DFS. It's a whole lot of greatness right here for you. You can get the new Fantasy Black Book for baseball on Amazon, on iTunes. You can get it in paperback. You can get it for your Kindle. You can get it anywhere you want, but make sure you get it, because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, 
I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore. But I'd still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. I'm Ed Rosario. He did get seven steals in 46 games, which is a, a pretty nice ratio. And he struck out at a rate that's way higher than what he typically did in the minor league. He is kind of like a mini Reyes. His average, I think, is going to be great. He hit the last couple of years in the minors. He was hitting 300 bus. He doesn't steal as many bases as people think he does, but I also think he might have a little more power than people give him credit for. He's getting drafted too high to be a sleeper. I think he's breakout potential there, Al. I like him. Listen live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on popular podcast providers. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle, Chris Meany. We're getting ready for the fantasy baseball season, especially if you have your drafts this weekend. And also to do so, go get your Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball package now. This year's version is new and improved with more analysis than ever, including an all-day chat channel, stats, projections, and an improved cheat sheet generator. You can get rankings from top-ranked analysts, myself, which also is now a top-ranked analyst, and Tim McCullough, who beat me last year. Tips from him as well, and insights from this guy, Scott Angle, the Hall of Famer. He gets those inside reports with the teams as well, which are great to see. Enter code FNTS. What? New one posted, Boston Red Sox. Uh, oh, yeah, the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Some good yeah. information in there, especially that David Price and such. So enter the code yeah, FNTSY at checkout. Get your exclusive Edge Fantasy Baseball package in case you missed it, FNTSY or All-In Kid or The King. You can put any of those codes in. All those codes works for you guys. So real quick, like I said, we have some breaking football news that we do have to get to and we get back to Ooh. the baseball. Terrell Pryor has officially signed with the Jets. I'm waiting to see the money because I have to assume if I'm choosing between teams, Scott, and I know you're going to agree with me, but the money had to be significantly more. Maybe the guaranteed money was significantly more because if you tell me the contract's similar between the Jets and the Seahawks, despite arguments of people out there saying their rosters aren't that dissimilar at this point with the retooling of the Seahawks, I'm saying I don't care because the quarterback, no matter who they draft, no matter what they do, is significantly better. And between which organization I trust... I trust the Seahawks significantly more. So if I'm giving anything close, I'm Terrell Pryor. I'm going to play for the Seahawks. I got to guess the money is bigger. But for fantasy purposes, after you get to that point, what do you expect fantasy-wise of Terrell Pryor with the Jets? Yeah, I don't see how the rosters are similar, especially when you're talking about having a franchise quarterback is a big, big difference. I think Uh, after that. Well, the Jets have a running back. The Seahawks don't. Uh, the Seahawks offensive line in transition. I wouldn't say that necessarily about the Jets. Who's the Jets' best linebacker? Let me time out. 
Or who's it is? I don't know. Look, I think that if you look yeah. at it, you got Bobby Wagner's not going to compare to anybody, though. Right. And neither yeah. is Earl Thomas. So I don't see the similarities. But that's I not what we're here to, to talk about. How? I don't see similarities. Well, that's fair. I think from top to bottom, they're, they're outside of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's the big key there. He is, but they don't have anybody like Wagner or Thomas or KJ Wright on the Jets roster either. No, but yeah, there's I a think chance they... Seattle just talked to Terrell Pryor and they're just like, we don't even want this. Yeah, guy. I think what happens here, though, I don't like it as a fantasy move. It's good for an NFL move uh, because the Jets have a lot of depth at wide receiver, and now you can become sort of a role player there. You know, they have Anderson. You know, they, they got maybe Quincy and Newton were coming back. You might see a Darius Stewart or or some of the other young guys step up here. Now they have incredible depth at the wide receiver position, whereas in Seattle he might play a bigger role as that downfield replacement for Paul Richardson, but I think they're taking in Jerron Brown for that. But I would have felt better about him in Seattle. I think it's good to have for him to have a certain role, I think, as that large-type receiver in, in, in New York. And what they're doing is they want their young quarterback and they want to surround him with as much depth and talent as possible. I don't like it from a fantasy perspective. I do like it from an NFL perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, if Robbie Anderson misses some time to start the year, maybe it would open up a door for him. I'm just not in on prior. I mean, I just – there's so many disappointing aspects of his game last year. You know, obviously night and day from Cleveland over to Washington. Uh, it's probably a you know it's a decent buy low for the Jets. Why not? They have a lot of money. Let's bring in some guys here to work with. They don't they don't have a ton of talented top talented wide receivers. I liked what I saw from Jermaine Curse last year, but like you said, Jake, is this no quarterback play here? Who's the quarterback? We don't know. This is gonna be Josh McCown day one. Probably it probably will be. Maybe maybe it's Bridgewater. Who knows? But there's just such a big question mark there. I would have liked to see him on a, on a different offense. It's okay. This is not somebody I'll think about drafting, I don't think. But we're not going to – the biggest thing is you're not going to have to spend a second or a third-round pick on him. No. Like people were so, doing last year. <laughs> it's a, to your point, what you just said is it's not trying to, like, take the easy way out. But I think that you have to say it depends on what the quarterback's going to be. Because if it's Josh McCown, you're probably going to get some similar lesser play to Kirk Cousins, but similar play in the fact that – might not work out so well because Terrell Pryor's biggest problem is that he can't run routes. He's not good at being where you need him to be. He needs to be able to freelance. That's why I wanted him Russell Wilson. That's why I wanted him in Seattle for fantasy purposes. Now, if Teddy Bridgewater's at quarterback, that helps him a little bit. People actually make the mistake assuming Teddy Bridgewater is a scrambling quarterback. He's not. And actually, if you go back to college, he's kind of more like Andrew Luck. Well, he'll run if he needs to. But it depends on who they draft. Obviously, if it's Darnold, if it's Josh Allen, you're going to have accuracy concerns. If it's Josh Rosen, that'll help him with the downfield. So I think it really depends where they go in the draft. I, I, honestly, the best fit for him for freelancing might be Lamar Jackson, but the Jets aren't trading up to number three to take Lamar Jackson. So it'll be interesting. And then, Scott, as you said, this team, I saw somebody tweeted it yesterday. Right now, after Terrell Pryor, this team has 14 wide receivers on the roster. 14. That's yeah, ridiculous. That's much. Good- <laughs> they have good some that good depth there with Anderson and Nunwa and Jermaine Curse is Curse both a blocker. And Darius and Stewart, and Devin Smith that they drafted Stewart. a few years. Yeah. Chad Henson that they just drafted. Jerron uh, Peek. Uh, it's ridiculous. Henson, I, I don't look at a Darius Stewart, but you know he could be the third wide receiver there. I think he has a chance to push the number two because, as Chris said, we don't know what's going on with Robbie Anderson yet. Yeah, it's I think true. Darius Stewart actually has some a little bit of game, but uh, we've yeah, I to like see our it Darius because, Stewart, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Me too. I think there's I think there's a chance here. Robbie Anderson, I mean, it's looking like potentially he, he could face, you know, a few game suspension. So that'll open up the door. Actually, for real today. quick, Chris, how the heck did Zay Jones case get tossed out because of, quote, <laughs> lack of evidence? We all saw the video. Where's the lack of evidence? I, I don't understand that. The lack of evidence may, makes no sense. As you said, we all saw it. We all know what happened. I mean, it's clear right there, the evidence. So, I mean, I don't know. He got, you know, he had somebody looking over him there, I think. <laughs> Scott, do you understand this? No, and you, you certainly don't <laughs> want to hear a, uh, you know, a, a thing of, you know, where the guy pulls down his pants and there's a lack of evidence. You know, that's not too, uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> not too good either. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, Tony course, would have been happy with that joke. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so in other football signing news, too, there's two more yesterday. Another one is your team, Chris. Mike Wallace replaces Torrey Smith on the Eagles as their downfield threat. Mike Wallace, not the Mike Wallace you used to be, but I will say one thing if you're comparing the two, Mike Wallace has a more complete game than Torrey Smith does. I actually think this is a net upgrade. Yeah, I do too. This is an upgrade for sure, I think. And, you know, it's it's cheap. It's it's you know, this is what Howie Roseman has done over the past couple of years and it worked out for him last year. He's just kind of been quiet at opening week of free agency and just tries to find, you know, a cheap guy they did with Tory Smith last year. So yeah, I think Mike Wallace is, is an upgrade. Keeps keeps a speed burner there. I like Mac Hollins. He's still the but number it's, three it's in, not, in your in your yeah. opinion though, right? Like it's still Nelson yeah, Aguilar as the number two. Absolutely, absolutely. He's still the number three. It kind of stunts Mac Collins for people who have him in dynasty leagues, but um, it's not bad to have this wide receiver depth. It's solid to have a deep burner there. Yeah, it's another uh, better NFL move than a fantasy move because he's going to be the fourth wide receiver target there. Uh, you, you have Ertz, you have Jeffrey, you have Aguilar. Those are the top three targets right there. Uh, so I, I think this hurts him a little bit from a fantasy perspective. He's kind of maybe that wide DFS receiver type of five, play? wide receiver five DFS type of play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All right, and the last one, Frank Gore has a new home. Frank Gore is signing with the Dolphins. I this is so frustrating from a fantasy perspective for everybody that was excited about Kenyon Drake. Not that Kenyon Drake's losing the lead job, Scott, because it's the, Frank Gore's not coming in and going to be the lead back over Drake. But this just goes further down the road of like well, the Dolphins just don't want to give anybody like you would think with the different regime, no more Lamar Miller, all the changes that have been made, like maybe our things will be different now. And we saw what Kenyon Drake could do at the end of the season. He was terrific. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. He was terrific at the end of the year, and yet they bring in Frank Gore, who's probably going to now steal eight to ten touches per game from Drake. Well, you can't have him touching the ball 30 times a game, but the reason why they're bringing him in, though, you know, if if you hear the reports out of Miami, you know, it's kind of like the Marlins in a way. The Marlins got rid of big-name people because they felt they weren't winning with them, and the Dolphins – to are kind of doing that too. They've got rid of Landry, Ajayi, and Sue, and some other people. Uh, that you know, all the stats look good on paper, but you know the coaching staff wants a culture change. They want to bring, they want to ease out people where they don't feel that they're good for the team and they're good for the clubhouse. And they're bringing in Frank Gore as a clubhouse presence and maybe as a mentor to Kenyon Drake. And I think that's what his role is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see that with Danny Amendola is another example of just trying to bring in an experienced guy um, to change the culture. It's a good point. Th- yeah, it is how many frustrating. Experienced guys, do you want on this team? <laughs> yeah, 
It, it is frustrating, though, Jake. I mean, because you're right. I mean, Kenyon Drake was awesome. He was phenomenal down the stretch. And it took an injury, really, from, for Williams, for Gase to realize this because he was he, – really, he was going to Williams more. It was Williams, and then Williams got hurt, and then Drake was forced into this role. It's like, wow, Drake is pretty good. Give this guy the football. But, yeah, Frank Gore is just – you've got to have two or three backs, so maybe he can learn a thing or two, as whether it's p- pass blocking. I mean, Gore is, is clearly a, a vet. Uh, who's been around a long time, but he is going to steal a few touches, which is a little disappointing. Well, let me set it up to you this way, then. Everything is pretty fine for Kenyon Drake as a mid-high RB2, unless the Dolphins add a third piece, in the, like maybe something like in the draft, Chris. Would you say that's fair as of today? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously we know that the upside, Drake can catch too. Um, you know, maybe he loses a few goal line touches, but I think he's a solid you know, RB2. It's definitely got that upside to be a solid RB2. Do you agree, Scott? I think so. I don't think they're going to go out and do anything drastic unless they trade him for Jordan Howard. No. It's just, hey, you still never know. There's still the potential that something could be weirdly done. The Dolphins just don't seem to know what they're doing. As of oh, today. The season I, for them is such a joke. I know. Fine. I, I feel like the Dolphins have one of the worst rosters in the league right now. Yes. I would agree Would you agree, that. You say that, yeah. Scott? I think. Yeah, I, think I, I don't even. I, can't I think we've said that often over, over, the la- over the last decade or so. <laughs> That's I don't know true. How Tannehill's going to respond? Like you don't, you don't know how respond Tannehill's. to what? I mean, this yeah. guy's come back. That's to Alex Smith, Southeast man. <laughs> come on, before last yeah. year when he wasn't throwing deep. It's hard to believe he's thirty-two. Like he'll be thirty to start the year. Yeah, he's officially a bust by now. Yeah. Well, I mean, what quarterback for the Dolphins, as you said, Scott, or what quarterback hasn't been a bust at this point? I mean, I, I right. guess you really can't say Pennington was a bust because of the injuries. So, I mean, are you, are you, let's, let's throw that out there real mm-hmm. quick. Because of injuries, would you call somebody a bust, or do you think that you can't call him a bust because of injuries? Uh, I think you could call him a fantasy bust because of injuries, but maybe not an NFL bust. I think that's fair. But, that's fair. You know, the best quarterback since Dan Marino retired, who is it? Was it Pennington? Was it... Was it, Jay it was, Fiedler? Was, it, was it Jade Fiedler? The best quarterback in town for the last 20 years has been the Dan Marino statue outside the, the stadium <laughs> itself. Yeah, and Pennington didn't do anything with Miami. Like, he hardly played, and he didn't put up good numbers with them. So, uh, I would agree but with But I you think it was the best talent that they had. <laughs> but it probably was the best talent. It's just towards the end of his of his time. But I would agree. I don't think you can call him, like, a real-life bus. Like, it's tough. Like, do you call Odin for, you know, back in the day when they, you know – Portland takes Odin over Kevin Durant in the draft, and is Odin a bust? I mean, he, we didn't even see him play in the NBA. He just had tons of injuries. It's yeah, that's unfortunate. A, that's that's tough too. All right, real quick before we hit the break, coming up, we're going to get back to it. all baseball for the final segment. This actually is baseball, but fantasy baseball for the last segment. Did you guys happen to see the umpire in spring training yesterday that ejected six people? Did you guys happen to see this? So no, started, I didn't see this. So it started with a pretty egregious. It's Tom Hillian, an umpire. It was in a game in spring training. It's Tigers Phillies. Batter gets grazed. So a few pitches before that, to be fair, there was a pitch that went over the batter's head. It was Udabel Herrera. He gets grazed in the next one. Immediately tosses the pitcher in the middle of a count. It was like two two or something like that. And everybody's kind of shocked by it. Like uh, okay, whatever. So that goes on. That's just it. For three innings, because three innings later, somebody gets plunked on their shin on a one-two curveball, and he turns around and ejects that guy. And the manager comes out and is like, what the hell is going on? It's been three innings, 
This has nothing. It was a one-two curveball. So that guy gets ejected. And then an inning and a half later, somebody gets grazed again. He ejects that guy. The umpire comes out and says, what the hell are you doing? This has nothing to do with what happened earlier. It's an inning and a half later. And he ejects that guy. <laughs> so my question to you is when umpires take over games, is there something to MLB? Can, can we eject umpires, Scott? Like, can MLB call in and be like, look, dude, you're getting sent home. The first base umpire is taking over. You're, you're way out of your depth here. I think the only way that could happen is the rest of the crew (laughs) disagrees with you and you go against them. I think as a crew, you know, you have to make sometimes a decision there. This sounds ludicrous. I'm going to have to go back and watch this. (laughs) It's like a a one-two count and it hits Buddy's shin. Sometimes these umpires, and I've noticed it a lot recently, like last year I really felt like some of them, you know, I'm almost like a bit of a power trip, trying to be bigger than the game, throwing guys out when there's really no need of it. Um, I don't know if you can eject. I mean, that's a Scott brings up a good point. If everybody else, you know, doesn't agree with the head ump or you know an ump, like let's maybe a timeout, hit the showers. But I don't know if you can you can eject him. I think you could like start counting them. Do something. I think there has to be some liability there. I think you could maybe right. suspend them without pay or fine them. Like something could happen maybe a day later when you know you see everything break down and and everyone's like, "Whoa, what did you do here?" Like some of them, I think need um, like a slap on the wrist, so to speak. Yeah, something. I mean, something has to be done. We we complained about it a lot last year. It's like we don't go to games to watch ML, like umpires take over the game. The best umpires are the ones that you don't mention for the entire game. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're like offensive linemen, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's actually a really good comparison, Scott. Uh, we're going to hit a break. We're going to come oh, back, like you. I said. Oh, I just I thought it was. I had never thought of it that way. All right, fancy baseball to finish off the entire last segment for you guys. We're going to make sure you're ready for your draft. Some more late-round pitchers to look at, some late news and such. It's Jake Seeley, Scott Angle, Chris Meany, the Roto Experts of Fancy Sports Radio Network. Muscle Maker Grill was made for baseball season. Muscle Maker Grill supplies you with delicious, healthy meals that will give you energy to cheer on your team week after week. Whether you're craving flavorful salad, packed wraps, or guiltless entrees, Muscle Maker Grill has you covered. Hosting a game? No problem. Our catering packages will have your whole team satisfied with flavors ranging from Italian to Tex-Mex and much, much more. Visit MuscleMakerGrill.com for your nearest location and have a winning season. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Jason Pierre-Paul was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and there is speculation that the Giants are looking to draft NC State's Bradley Chubb with the number two pick. Everybody wants somebody to rush the quarterback. Pierre-Paul did have eight and a half stacks last year, right? So he still can get to the quarterback. I don't see them taking Chubb at two, though, unless they trade down. Giants need a quarterback as well. This is a mess that's fun. You can't be relying on Eli Manning. Don't you have to take your quarterback at two? Listen live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on popular podcast providers. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 immediately. That's 800-955-3793. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and 
and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-3793 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-3793. That's 800-955-3793. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 for your free author submission kit. Fantasy Sports Today. You don't need to take Friday off. You know why? There's not a single day game on Friday. Not one. They're all at 7 o'clock or later. Are you kidding me? Like, we're getting right into baseball season where it's a Friday night. This is so stupid. Why would they? This, this is ridiculous. Why would they not have day baseball on the all first weekend. Friday all of weekend. the season? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, what all day doing? Game. I don't know. Because they're copying what they used to do on Mondays, but now they're just pushing it to Thursday. That's, it's just, that bo- they used to bother me on the Tuesday. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Skicks sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skicks canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skicks helps fans perform better. Go to Skicks.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skicks.com. Skicks sneakers, the soul of a true Welcome back to Roto Experts. Jake Seeley, Scott Angle, Chris Meany. Well, I'm about to do this next part. Pavona, what game is this? I, sh- I feel like I should know. And well, thank you. Oh, the original Street Fighter or Street Fighter 2? Original. That's why, because nobody really played that much of the original. Thank you, Chris. FantasyFactor.com, perfect daily fantasy site for you guys for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contest only. Fantasy Factor always has fun contests going on. In fact, this year they're going to be running a hundred thousand dollar home run derby. So make sure you check them out. Go sign up and enter it's FantasyFactor.com. Fantasy Factor, Fantasy Baseball. We're going to get into it. All right, these mid to late round pitchers for you guys. Chris, Taiwan Walker, the entire pitching staff for the Diamondbacks has the humidor coming in. And if you look at the spring so far, Taiwan Walker, plenty of Ks, but he's still struggling with the ERA. Is there any chance he has that breakout this year? Is there, we just have to face facts that Taiwan Walker is going to be a high K, high variance pitcher. Yeah, I think that's what we have to face facts. I mean, the home runs went down in, in Seattle in 2016. He gave up almost 30 bombs, 27 and 134 innings. And then I thought, oh, the move to Arizona. I don't know if this is going to actually help him out a little bit. Uh, then the home runs came down. And he's always been a nice strikeout guy. The K percentage has always been legit. I, I think he is, you know, in terms of just strikeouts and, and pure stuff, swing and miss stuff, like I think he's a top 25 guy. But his command is it's, it's off the charts. I mean, he's walking guys, and that gets him in trouble. He walks one or two here, and then a home run happens. So I don't yep. mind taking him in drafts because I think he has the upside. You just deal with the walks and get the strikeouts. Obviously, the humidor is going to help him. But I, I, I think maybe we, we get rid of that elite prospect you know, that was said about him, you know, a couple of years ago. 
Yeah, it feels like I was said about him like in 1997 or something like that. But, uh, you know, look, I think you pretty much nailed it with the analysis, though, there, Chris. You know, that's why they brought you on the show. And, uh, you know, this guy still has a strikeout potential. The humidor can help. But some of these strikeout guys, you know, they, they do hurt your whip. And you got to be careful of that. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is sometimes people don't look at the downside of having these type of pitchers. So yeah. let me ask you about this guy, Scott. Vincent Velasquez, seemingly forgotten at this point. People forget this guy was one of the highest-rated prospects for the Astros. He was a significant part in the deal with the Phillies that people don't remember with the Ken Giles trade. Guy was striking out double digits year after year after year through the minors. Comes up a brief stint for the Astros. Has some pretty decent numbers as a rookie. 4.37 ERA, but he pitched better to that. The strikeouts were there. 2016 rolls around with the Phillies. 131 innings, a 4.12 ERA. The exit was down at 3.67 because the strikeouts are 10.4. He had a little bit of bad luck with the home run ball. Obviously, that's not going to change too much because he's still pitching for the Phillies. But he comes back last year from injury and not great. You know, eight and a half strikeouts, four walks per inning. The home runs again still there, a five ERA. But now he's back to 100%. A chance for you where I, at least in my opinion, Scott, he's a great end of your draft, late round flyer because of the strikeout potential. Because if he is 100%, maybe he's going to put it all together finally. Yeah, you know, the the word I got out of him out of Philly last year was when I spoke to people like beat reporters, et cetera, people close to the team was, you know, that he's got to learn to pitch and just not be a thrower as much. And I don't know if he's learned to do that yet. You know, there's so much buzz about him, even when he just came over from Houston. But he might be a year away from making a true fantasy impact. Yeah, it was nice to see more of a ground ball rate from him because I think, Jake, you know, you talked about home runs being an issue with him. He was a fly ball pitcher, and that kind of got caught up. But you see the upside. I remember a game he had in 2016. I think it was like a complete game 16K performance. Like, he has that kind of upside. It's just he's been bothered by some injuries. And, again, walks. Walks has been an issue with him. But to your point, bringing him up, absolutely don't mind taking a flyer on him and seeing, you know, the strikeouts pile up. But Scott brings up a good point before with, you know, these walks with Walker and stuff. I mean, that can hurt your whip, and all that stuff adds up. But, again, I don't mind, you know, sitting him against a tough opponent. He can well, plus definitely you're, you're getting him out. for almost – you're getting Velasquez basically for free at this nothing. point. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Yep. All right, speaking of for free, and this guy's going around the same price, which is nothing in drafts. And I've seen him very low-priced in expert league drafts, Scott, too, which is the surprising part to me. I've been talking about it for a few weeks, and it was I'll, I'll give you a good comparison. Like This was one of those situations where I went back and I said, am I stupid? Am I missing something? Like I actually thought because so few people were talking about it, so few people were paying for him, that I screwed something up, that I missed something in the offseason news-wise. But turns out I haven't. Mike Miner, and now he's granted with the Rangers, but... He's six star, six wins, six saves. Uh, he showed up in 65 games last year, all in relief, but they're, ta- they're putting him back in the rotation. Ten strikeouts per inning, two and a half walks, a 2.55 ERA. The FIP is only at 2.62. The left on base percentage at 78 might be a little bit high, but his career is 73, so that's not egregious. He's getting the swinging strikes. He's getting everything that people thought he could be way back when he was with the Braves. It, again, so... I found out I'm not crazy. Why aren't more people on Mike Miner, Scott? Uh, just because, you know, we heard about him early in his career and he never quite panned out. He wasn't a hype machine, but 
I think, you know, he never amounted to anything in Atlanta and people kind of forgot about him. But I, I watched some of that game, you know, yesterday. Uh, and, you know, he had good command, good location, uh, looked looked very sharp on the mound. Uh, but then there's this other thing that he's a Texas pitcher. There's a stigma there. The rotation isn't too good. But for a dollar, I'll certainly take the crack. Yeah, it's funny you bring up the rotation. I'm looking at it. You you joked about 97. I mean, besides from Cole Hamels, who is experienced at this point, almost 35 years old, Matt Moore, Doug Fister, Mike Miner, um, you know, Bartolo Colon, bringing Lincecum. Like, what are the Rangers doing here? Like, But I understand the, their cost-effective pitchers. It's all about just can he be a starter because we haven't seen it, Jake. That's it. We haven't really seen yeah. him. Uh, he hasn't done it I since 2014 that. with the Braves. But for for a buck, I mean, why not? He's got a decent I'll slider. I'll go two to make sure I get solid. it. Like, here, I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick list, Chris. And this is right behind Chris. List uh, right before, <laughs> right after <laughs> Mike Miner. So these are the names I have right behind him. I actually have Mike Miner at 66 for starters. I have Sean Manaya, Aaron Sanchez, Jordan Montgomery, Marco Estrada, Brad Peacock's not even going to be starting. Mikolas, Jacob Faria, Corbin. Those are all the guys I have right behind him. I think that. That's a fair spot. I mean, maybe you disagree on some of them, which is fine because that's kind of a decent group. But I think he deserves to be in that conversation. Most people have him down in like the 90s alongside like the Hinjin Ruse and CC Sabathias of the world. Yeah, I mean, we know Hinjin Rio is going to be on the DL like tomorrow probably. But for, for <laughs> Minor, um, yeah, why not? I think that's a fair grouping that you said. I like Sanchez, the one guy that kind of stood out to me. I think a good bounce back year for him. Doesn't strike out a lot of people, but had blister all year but yeah for for a buck or two why not if he can turn back the clock and be a starter that's this the biggest question mark and he's been roughed up a little bit in spring but at least the innings are there they want him to be a starter as you said so they're going to give him opportunity you think that's a fair range for him scott i think it's a fair range for him yeah all right yeah he actually went in the reserve rounds the top wars nobody even spent a dollar on him that's just that was, that was crazy that was frustrating for me to see i'm a mike minor supporter all right scott Steven Matz, the bullpen situation is looking like it's going to lead to Zach Wheeler once everybody's back and Jason Vargas is in the rotation because Steven Matz has kind of won that job. It was neck and neck for a while there, but Wheeler's kind of fallen off. And not only has Wheeler fallen off, but Matz has looked great his last time out. We always know Matz had the stuff, but the thing is with Matz is he just never could stay healthy. If we could get 150 innings out of Steven Matz, is he going to be a top 50 pitcher? Uh, he certainly got the potential to do it, but that doesn't answer the question. I think, I think I, I, I'm going to say no, because the guy can't stay healthy. And, you know, you look at my insider report on rotoexperts.com and the exclusive edge package, where I talk about the Mets and the NL East, he tends to unravel, uh, and let up the beginning. You can't count on him to stay healthy. You can't count on him to avoid the beginning. Uh, he did come into camp more bulked up this year. Uh, with the top half, but uh, I think he's probably not going to finish as a top 50. You could draft him as a top 50, but I don't think he's going to finish there because he's going to miss too much time. Yeah, I mean, his last spring outing, I think, was good, guys. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but his overall, I mean, he's been roughed up big time. But, Jake, you, the question you said, if he can give you 150 innings, I agree with Scott, I don't think he can give 150 innings. But if he, if somebody were telling me, you're going to get 150 innings from Steve Matz this year, boom, he's on my team. 
He really is because I, I think just health is just the biggest issue. Yeah, he he gets into some trouble sometimes, but he does have that upside. You know, an 8K per nine, we've already seen it before. If he can get 150 innings across the board, I'm fine for where he's going. He's another guy who's not getting drafted at all, Jake. In fact, they did draft last night where he wasn't even taken. It took a lot of these guys we've been talking about lately with a couple of my last picks, but Matt's wasn't even taken off the board. So people are not even thinking about him, which if your league is deep enough, I think you should be. Yeah, that was actually a surprise to go back to Mike Miner real quick. It was surprising. So Matt's went for a buck in Tower Wars mix, but Mike Miner didn't. So there's a there's a supporter out there for him. But I, I I'm more with you, Chris. I most of my drafts I have not seen him drafted, and those are like 26 rounds. So and he's basically sitting there just for the picking at the end. Maybe over this weekend, if you guys want to make sure you get him, you're going to have to probably jump. I'd say more in like the 2021st round at this point, but. You can still get him at the end of the draft. And uh, speaking of these type of things, real quick, as we move on to the next player, make sure you go check out DailyRoto.com and dominate, dominate DraftKings and FanDuel baseball contest this summer with their projections and optimizer. Go to DailyRoto.com front slash premium. You can save 10% off with the promo code. You guys can guess it at this point, FNTSY. Use all the same tools and projections that millionaire maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer uses. And it doesn't just work for football. As I said, this is for baseball this season. Drew used it to win $150,000 in the DraftKings Live final finish. So set, head over to DailyRoto.com front slash premium, and you get 10% off again with the code FNTSY. All right, guys, one more picture for you. The often forgotten, the often injured, and the pretty terrible last year, Tyson Ross. But... There was a long stretch of Tyson Ross's career where he was quite good. And it was a lot with the Padres. And I know he's, this is another one, as you said, with the perception, Scott, with the Rangers. At the same time, he looks healthy so far this spring. And I think the bigger thing has always been health. Last year, didn't even look that great when he was pitching. This is that similar situation to, not to quite the same as Matt Harvey, but was pitching through something he was trying to adjust to coming back from surgery. Tyson Ross, at the last round of your draft, just to, just in case he can get back to being anything of what he was with he was the Padres. Well, can he be what he was in 2015? Uh, it, it's It's possible. A lot of times, like such a, long a, time lot, a lot of times, surgeries and stuff like that will correct what's wrong with a player. So you know, if you certainly want to take a flyer in an AL only league, I'm against it. I'm not against it. I can't see having him on my cheat sheet in the mixed league, though. No, I'm kind. I kind of feel the same. You know, um, you know, I'd rather some of these guys that we've been talking about maybe take a flyer on Velasquez or Minor or Mats, Newcomb and Lamette for sure. But yeah, Jake, if he can get anywhere back to the you know 2013 to 2015 run where he kept the ball on the ground like 60 percent of the time, struck right. out a lot of batters, flirted with a 10K per nine, but it's the shoulder has bothered him for the past couple of years in the walks. So I think it's just maybe you let him fly, but keep an eye on him. You know that little watch tab, keep an eye on the first about- couple starts. If he can get through them, then boom. 15 team, 28 rounds. You're in the last round. Yes. I'll take them, man. Yeah. Would you Would you throw the flyer out there rounds. then, Scott? 15 team, 28. Probably somebody I like better on my board. Uh, 32 rounds. Can I get you now? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> maybe, 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 Scott's got a big like board the 30, over there with some nice pieces. 36, you know? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you borrowing Jeff Zimmerman's fold-up whiteboard thing? Is that what you got over there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> and the NFL can be a copycat league, so can uh, fantasy, so can be Tout Wars. You know, look at the people that win and see what they do. <laughs> Bring the giant white foldable board. All right, let's talk about some hitters real quick. Here's another one. And, you keep running uh, that one for a while, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. It's just yeah. laughable to me. So I'm sorry, it was. All right, somebody <laughs> that I think needs more attention, especially because he has the everyday job, and people are just like, not paying attention to this guy. They're just like, oh, guess what? This guy's got every job. Oh, whatever. Oh, this guy can basically hit 10 home runs, steal you 15 to 20 bases, hit about 60 runs, about 60 RBIs, and a decent average from the shortstop position. Eh, I, I apparently don't need that at my fantasy team. Here's my question. This has been for most of this week, Scott. How come nobody cares about Kettle Marte? Because the counting numbers are hollow. There's really not any much of the speed that we expected early in the year. He'll get you a good batting average and maybe some runs scored, but you know that's it. You know, he's yeah, a dollar at the end of your draft. But if I'm going to give you 10 and 15 and 60 and 60 with a good average from your middle infield spot, that's valuable. 15 stolen bases? I don't know if you yeah. can do it. I think yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, it's all about playing time. Is he going to get the playing time? Because right. we haven't seen him get but, the no, But that's what he has now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 15 and 15, I think he can get to double-digit stolen bases. I don't know if he can get to 15 home runs. No, I was saying 10 and 15. Yeah, 10 and 15, I think that's that's fine. He walks. You know, The on-base percentage is okay. There's I don't, I don't think there. he's ever stolen a dozen bases in his career. Yeah, he has uh, in the not, minors. Not apart from the, in the minors. No, nah, like major, you know, we're here talking about the major leagues. Oh, well, he's if never you include. Stole, he never stolen a dozen bases. Yeah, but if you include 2016 with the minors, he had the two extra from two games down there. I mean, that's 11. And it's also 137 at bats, 11 home. Right. 11, but that's the one thing. home run. 437 at bats and 11 steal, steals. You give him a yeah, full season. Like I said, he's never. He's never I know, but that's a truncated home. season. That's not 150 games. Well, if you double what he did last year, you still get to only get six steals. I'm not doubling what he did last year. I'm saying you're jumping around, picking and choosing. He has the speed. He do, he does have the speed. He doesn't have outstanding has, speed. It looks like he has some skills. What was to, the last time he played know, the minors? 2014, 15. But anyway, there's. So, I think he Scott, played some minors uh, last yeah. year too, because he's he has the skills to you know to break out. It's just he's disappointed. I think that's the answer to your question, Jake. Is People who have taken flowers on him and taken chances, they've waited. We're just like waiting to see it from Kettle Martin. That's it. But hey, I think he does have tools here. All right. We're going to hit the end of the week here. We'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, you have as much as you need for your draft. If not, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can check out the Roto Experts exclusive edge packet. It's Jake, Scott, and Chris. Good luck this weekend, everybody.